Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Because look, we're in the middle of the pandemic. We can't even let legal visa holders from Mexico or Canada come in, but they're letting all this undocumented people come in during the middle of a pandemic. So where's the logic uh, where you don't let the legal visa holders from Mexico and Canada that spend billions of dollars on our local communities, but then let people without documentation? That's a Democratic Representative Henry Cuellar blasting the Biden administration and making an absolutely fantastic point. And, and with great clarity, too. So if you follow the rules, you are, you are not allowed in. But if you break the rules, they will let you in by the tens of thousands. You know, this doesn't matter, but I was watching the Ryder Cup. It's the golf competition, the U.S. versus Europe. It's every other year. It switches locations. It's big fun. All the guys get rah-rah. It's, it's a, the crowds are crazy. Well, there were just a tiny handful of Euros on hand this year because of the travel restrictions. And it hadn't really struck me that, well, if we were playing Haiti, there'd be tens of thousands of people in the stands because they just sneak across the border. Henry Quayer is absolutely right. He's a profile in courage, too. He's serving his constituents instead of, you know, his party. Is there a plan for a big national golf tournament between the United States and Haiti? I like I, our chances. I don't I don't know how many courses they got in Haiti, but I'm, I'm thinking not many. Oh, God. Yikes. Anyway, so uh, there were hearings uh, on Capitol Hill about uh, immigration. It's it's still every bit the topic it was a few weeks ago, and a lot of good stuff uh, being said by a lot of people, and we want to kind of tell the story by playing their, their quotes and sound bites. Rodney Scott, former Border Patrol chief, uh, I was not familiar with this guy. He's kind of sandy-haired, tall, lanky guy, but, man, he's been bringing it in clip 30. Uh, we made it very clear that if we dropped all of the initiatives that have been put in place over the last several years, uh, that we would get an influx uh, of mass migration that we would not be able to control. The current Secretary Mayorkas, he was part of DHS before, uh, he was ran CIS, uh, he, he clearly understands and knows how to control the border and what needs to take place. I'm not going to speculate um, on what anyone's motivation is, but I do know that they were briefed, uh, it was very clear. Uh, there are people involved in this process that have been involved before, and they're choosing not to take simple common, se- common sense steps uh, to secure the border. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to this while I was driving in the car yesterday, and I, I don't know why my mind works this way, but for some reason, I ended up in my mind on a debate stage against somebody <laughs> over this issue running for office or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, uh, The argument is, look, Barack Obama said it last week. We're a sovereign nation, and sovereign nations have borders. So let's just end the whole it's racist or mean to secure the borders, okay? If you you think that, go ahead and argue with Barack Obama. Right. But let's move past that childish argument. Okay, then, then where are we? Why are we doing this? Explain it to me. It makes no sense. There may be no better measure of the stupidity of our politics than grown adults saying, build bridges, not walls, like Hillary Clinton did, like AOC does, like various folks do. Could there be a more just clear illustration of how childish and dumb our politics are? Yeah, and why it's such a big deal. I don't want to get in the way of some stuff he's about to say about who's coming across the border. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a clip in mind, or because uh, there's there's plenty of it? Um, 
Let's go with the clip. What the heck? We'll just work in order. 31. Can you, for the average viewer at home, articulate kind of the difference about what would happen if an illegal immigrant came when you were Border Patrol chief before January 20th, 2021, and what happened after? With Title 42, and that was a health and human services regulation for COVID, you've got to carve that that part of it out, if you will. Um, They would be met at the border, immediately fingerprinted, photographed for records checks quickly, and then expelled back to the country they came through. So during that time, uh, the vast majority of people uh, were quickly expelled back to back to Mexico or back to Canada um, or other countries even where, where we had flights taking place to, to quickly get them out of the country and then keep America safe. That was slowly chiseled away. So um, uh, right after the, the administration changed, um, there was uh, some messages that went out, if you will, that we were no longer going to expel uh, anyone under 18, unaccompanied minors. So as soon as uh, there's any vulnerability that, that, we, uh, that we show or any certain class of people that we carve out to be processed under different, uh, different processes that are going to allow them to come into the U.S., that will be exploited. We saw that immediately with the unaccompanied children. And then as to who's coming across and from where, and then we'll discuss on the other side. Uh, the little bit of misleading messaging in the in the public today too is they think this is just Mexico or South America. Uh, Border Patrol caught over uh, caught people from 150 different countries coming through Mexico into the United States this last year before I retired. 150 different countries. Different countries coming through the border. Correct. It's basically just think like football. Basically, they fake a play over here, and the real play is going to the left. So when we get distracted with 15 to 20,000 Haitians under a bridge, that resulted in several hundred miles of border having no border patrol agents on it at all. That's where the cartels push the narcotics through, the criminal aliens, people that will not give up. We have over 400,000 documented gotaways, people or incidents where people crossed the border and got away this last year, and hundreds of miles of border where we have no idea what took place. That's what mass migration creates. That is incredible. 400,000 getaways in the last year coming across a border where there ain't nobody, so they could be bringing anything, drugs, weapons, whatever the hell they want, and we have no intention or ability to try to find them from 150 different countries. It's just incredible. What I appreciate about the guy is his utter lack of charisma his lack of you know there's no sexiness there's no slogans there there's no whipping up the crowd there's nothing but facts recited calmly so the 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 lunatic woke left can't respond with their you know jokey arguments about racism and the rest of it the problem is that as we've discussed many times the parties are both complicit in it the higher ups in the parties now in the rank and file america doesn't matter if you're left, right, or center. There's an enormous amount of agreement that we need to have a secure border. The, but it doesn't uh, happen. Doesn't that strike you as strange? I've been saying it forever. This is the most solvable issue we've got in America because it's like 85, 90% of people agree with Barack Obama and Donald Trump that as a practical... Trump. I think I can quote Barack Obama pretty closely of what he said last week. He said, as a practical matter, we're a sovereign nation and sovereign nations have borders. And having an open border is unsustainable. I like so this. So it's not even it's not even it's not even a political football. 
on securing the border. So why in the world can't they get together and say, okay, we're going to let in millions of people? All right, fine. We're doing it anyway. How about we just check who's coming in? So at least the millions of people we're letting in we know aren't bringing drugs and weapons and aren't part of the cartels. At least we know who's coming in. It's it's crazy that we allow this. Well, and the current policy is absolutely indefensible, and the fact that the media goes as easy on it as they do is just yet another example of their failings. Uh, I like clip 36, once again, from Special Report with Brett Baer. The Biden administration has claimed that the thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants that, that they have released into the country over the last several months are being, quote, tracked, and that they have implied that there'll be consequences if they don't show up for their court hearings. Is that true? Again, it's a spin. So I, I can't say that it's not true, but I can say they're not all being tracked. If they Just you, by manpower issues. Just by manpower issues. And if every single one of them are, are being tracked currently, then that has to mean 100% of fugitive operations got shut down. And if they, they skip court, I mean, they're not even really allowed to just go after them for that. Correct. That is accurate. And 90% uh, don't, don't ever get deported. Right. Uh, Mayorkas just put out a statement making it clear that people who just don't show up for hearings uh, will absolutely not be uh, deported. It's forbidden, as a matter of fact. That's the truth. You know, how do you, how about this? Let's take a, a break and then come back with the discussion about the wall, because I thought that was really good and smart and, again, very calm and matter of fact. I hope you heard yesterday the, the headline that we're spending $5 million a day to not build the wall. Right. Did you hear that? Yeah. Also unbelievable. Just absolutely incredible. That and California gets an F for its fiscal health. Wait a minute. Surplus, right? Gavin Newsom. I heard him give a speech. The real story, and it's affecting a lot of blue states like California, coming up this hour. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And finally, the rights to the Folgers, the best part of waking up jingle, recently sold at auction for more than $90,000, while the Cars for Kids jingle was taken out back and shot in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I heard that. That's funny. Uh, Speaking of violence, the ultra-violent hit TV show, the Squid Games has caused a riot in Paris. What? More on that coming up. Okay, I'll stay tuned. Plus, California, which allegedly has a many billions of dollars surplus. Thanks gets to a, you taxpayers everywhere else. Gets an F for its fiscal health. I will explain, and it's pretty simple, honestly. Thanks for taking <clears throat> my money, asshole. There's a typical California taxpayer there. So, uh, continuing on with Rodney Scott, the former Border Patrol's chief, he did a very sober, very straightforward, calm uh, interview with Brett Bear on Special Report with Brett Bear. Um, and he is absolutely laying bare the indefensible policies of the Biden administration at the border, including just some extraordinary information about the, the wall. Go ahead with 38, please, Michael. Talk about the border wall. What were the, the instructions after the transition of administrations when it came to the wall? So a presidential proclamation came out and uh, it was a 60-day pause. 
that uh, publicly available. Uh, we're supposed to do an in-depth study and then come up with a plan going forward. Uh, so Border Patrol did its part, everything. Um, that was done within about two weeks. Uh, several briefings later, uh, there really had not been any decisions made. It went well beyond the 60 days. Uh, many of those projects today are just still on hold. So we're paying contractors. Uh, for a while, it was almost $5 million a day between DOD and DHS. To not? To work. not build the border wall. There's wait, wait, wait. $5 million a day to not build the wall? To not build a Even wall. Even though they have all the stuff, they have... There are stacks and stacks of border wall uh, panels. There's hundreds of miles of fiber optic cabling. Uh, there's hundreds of, bo of cameras that were being installed with that uh, that are just sitting. There's no action being taken. You see, we've got hundreds and hundreds of miles of wall that have already been built, and nobody's saying they're going to tear that down. So your, your, your claim that walls are bad, okay, you're not taking down the walls we've already got, so... It's utterly dishonest. And everybody with the Border Patrol will say the same thing. No, it's the openings in the wall that the drug cartels exploit the drug cartels the murderers the people who abandon little children and pregnant women and babies in the desert if they slow them down these people are as murderous as any organization on earth and they are having their way at the border because of soft heads unicorn riders who believe that the, the touchy-feely rhetoric it's extraordinary and and to the point of there being no adult conversations clip 39 what do they say when the briefing is, well, this really helps us. If we could just plug this in, if we could just finish this thing, what do they say? We're not building more wall. There's no conversation. There's, not, there's no adult dialogue, if you will. It's just, it's just a black and white decision. The administration said we're not doing it, so we're not doing it. That money is just trickling away to those contractors for not doing work each well, day. That's not surprising to me. The, 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 the media would go crazy. If all of a sudden the Biden administration, you know, added a foot of wall, um, even because though they're so dishonest, even though I'm sure he's voted for money for walls 50 times in his gazillion year career as a politician. Indeed, he has. Yeah. Back yeah. when Democrats and Republicans would vote for that sort of thing. Well, this is another example of what I've been talking about, which is they try to whip voters up emotionally. Uh, Trump was associated with the wall, so if you're anti-Trump, you must be anti-wall. And then when it comes time to actually make policy to run the country, to protect the border, the policy doesn't matter. It's the emotion that matters, so they can keep the money rolling in. It is utterly dishonest. And then one more shot. This is uh, about a slightly different topic, but it's worth playing clip 40. When you heard President Biden say this, that was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. What did you think? I was dumbfounded. Uh, to, to take a word from somebody else, I was, it was, I was outraged that all of a sudden due process goes out the window. Border security protects legal immigration. And those guys know it, and that's what they've been doing. And all of a sudden now, due process applies to everybody else, but not them. And then all of a sudden, our horse patrol doing what they're supposed to do, which is prevent people from illegally entering our home, are now the, the villains. So it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Well, luckily, they banned the horses on the border, so the, the, the horse border crisis is over. Problem solved. Yeah. The horse menace is behind us.
So we'll keep an eye on this story. It's absolutely amazing. There is no um, adult conversation. That was the clip of the day. I'm vowing, since nobody else has been willing to do it, to watch an episode of Squid Game, which is the hottest TV show in America and Great Britain and uh, and is spreading through Europe. It's maybe the hottest TV show in the world right now. It's on Netflix. It's uh, made in Korea. It's, uh, it's, it's fictional. It's about a, a deadly game show in which super poor people compete in a series of childish games, and it's ultra-violent. Like over-the-top, natural-born killers, Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner, violent. It's a sick enough. And I haven't seen anybody, I but I vow to watch them this weekend since nobody else will do it. What? Who are you yelling at? I'll watch it if you want. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but anyway, Squid Game violence erupted in Paris yesterday as a pop-up store about the show, because the show is so popular, a whole bunch of people wanted to go to the store that sold stuff about the show, and a fight erupted, and it turned it into a giant riot. Um, Squid squag. Terrified onlookers ran away before police eventually arrived at the scene. Uh, lots of people hurt, blah, 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 blah. But so what is it about this show that has catapulted it to number one in the United States, the UK, and there are riots in Paris? I don't know. Let me know. Have you watched it? Text line 415-295-KFTC. I read one review that said, at its heart, it's really about income inequality. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'll reserve judgment. I don't know how many squids are in there or what species, but I'll watch it. Armstrong and Getty. Parenthetically, when you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 19, 1920 in that area. They went from state to state convincing people that they put allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. But guess what happened? Everything builds up around them. You put these charging stations along, how are you going to see a significant economic development go well beyond the charging station? What? A lot of slur in there. A lot of, yeah. Well, I think he's trying to suggest that if you build a charging station on a road out in the middle of nowhere, a town will spring up around it. I, I think this has risen to the level of a conversation uh, worth digging down on just a little bit. So I, I recently got a Tesla, and so I'm, I'm new to the world of electric cars. But So there, Tesla has its own supercharging stations that are amazing. And they're usually in great areas, so like like a mall or whatever. So you park there, you go into the mall, you shop, you come out, your car's fully charged. pretty awesome. But um, so I was at my local Target, and they've got some of the electric charging stations out front that a lot of towns, especially, you know, progressive towns, they're really proud of their electric charging stations. In fact, you can only build your big box store if 10% of your parking is charging stations. Right. And the first time I used one of these, um, while I was in shopping, I came out and I'd gotten like two two extra miles added after 45 minutes of being plugged in. I thought, did I do it wrong or this one's broken or something like that? And so the next time I used it, some guy in a Tesla drove me. He said, don't bother. I said, what? I said, I just got this car. And he said, don't bother. It's a waste of time. They don't do anything. And so <laughs> so these charging stations that Biden's just talking about there, do they charge up like the Nissan Leaf or the Chevy Volt better than they do Teslas or something? Because if they don't, 
it's a complete scam. I mean, wow. If, 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 unless they work better on, on other cars, it's just a don't we feel good about ourselves that we've got these electric stations. And it would explain, as Joe said the other day, while they're always empty. Whenever I go to the Target, there's never an electric car parked there. It's because there's no point. Because they don't do anything. You might get a 9-volt battery a quarter charged in those things. But, well, not only is it a look how pure we are in a virtue signaling thing, again, doubling down, circling back, putting a pin in my theme of the last several days, somebody is getting that money. Sure, and that got it. it's got to be expensive to put those things in. And that somebody will be an absolutely ironclad, loyal supporter and contributor to the cause. It's the way it works. Yeah, but that's what Biden was talking about right there, is trying to convince us all that we need to spend billions and billions of taxpayer dollars to put these charging stations all over the country. And unless they work better than the ones I've tried, wow. I mean, not only is that not something the government should be doing, it should be a good enough idea that, you know, like Chevron wants to build a gas station because they're going to make money off of it. But when my grandpa worked for Lord McGurk, but oil and around the, tw- the turn of the twenty of the the nineteen twenties, and it, but it might what? be doubly worse in that it's like a gas station that taxpayers paid for and no gas comes out of the hose. <laughs> right, right. Play ninety again, Michael. It's just too good. Parenthetically, when you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. They went from state to state convincing people that they put, allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. But guess what happened? Everything builds up around them. You put these charging stations along, how are you going to see a significant economic development go well beyond the charging station? No, that doesn't make any sense. Um, well, well, that bad at care. care. Uh, not to mention the fact that a typical gas station, you know, from 6 to 30 cars can gas up all at once, and they take roughly three and a half minutes each. To and so you can fully... get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to be a fully fueled. Yeah. Right. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds every single day. That's a good point. You're going to fully fuel your electric car. It's going to take an hour, yeah. um, at least, depending. If you know With any more the good about that. charging stations. I realize practically nobody statistically is driving an electric car, but if you know anything about this, because I think it is coming, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Back to you. Speaking of fraud, and you'd think this sort of thing would get a lot of national media attention because it's it's a surprising, it's a, it's a twist, it's a, wow, I'd thought differently. But no, because of the ideology of the media, you don't get it, but you're about to get it here. California, the state of Cali Unicornia, just got a big fat F from the state of the state analysis uh, by the nonprofit group Truth in Accounting. Louisiana is fiscally fitter than California. So are Mississippi, Alabama, West Virginia, and South Carolina, the poorest states in the nation. California is actually 42nd out of 50 states, so there are worse off. But uh, it, that makes it a sinkhole state, meaning it owes billions more than it has, primarily thanks to generous pension obligations and health care promises made to retirees. Mm. Uh, Sheila Weinberg, who's the founder and CEO of Truth and Accounting, said, How's the governor of California getting away with saying he has a surplus? You guys are making tax and policy decisions based on that surplus, but you're not working with the right numbers. The Securities and Exchange Commission has anti-fraud provisions. The SEC needs to step in here. It's so outrageous. Wow! That's something... 
Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, what's even worth, worse, California is extremely late in releasing its audited financial statements that it's supposed to. But according to TIA's analysis, this is truth and accounting, California is $265 billion short of what it needs to pay its long-term bills, which calculates to a little more than $21,000 per taxpayer. Uh, it's worth noting Stanford University has that number higher. They include the pension debt of local governments and conclude the total debt is around 350 billion in the best case scenario and more than 1 trillion in a worst case scenario. Yikes. Meanwhile, meanwhile the governor's touted a budget surplus exceeding 75 million while the legislative analyst's office says no the surplus is only 38 million. It's half of that. How can all of these things be true? They ask. California's coffers have swelled higher uh, income tax receipts from high earners. It's also received billions in pandemic relief. But the budget surplus is the difference between expenses and revenue over a single year. It doesn't include the long-term debt lurking in the distance, like those pension and retiree health care obligations. Add to that that the state uh, workers' pension fundy thing, which was sold to the taxpayers on, you won't have to kick in at all. It's self-funded. The people kick in from their paycheck and everything. Then we promise them benefits. By the way, we're assuming a 10% return every single year from the stock market, which will never happen. And historically, it's impossible. But that's the assumption. But now taxpayers are going to be on... On the bill for, or on the hook rather, for some somewhere between three hundred fifty billion and a uh, trillion dollars. So there you go, F F for Cal Unicornia, where realism and adulthood go to die. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. You uh, mentioned retiring, and um, like if I was going to start over, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy with career-wise the way things have turned out, but. You know, if I had to start from the beginning and I didn't know how it was going to turn out, I'd go back in time and move to California and get a state job. I mean, because that's the best way to guarantee a good retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, be in California like 20, 30 years ago and get a state job. And but- so far, worth noting, the courts have ruled that no matter how dishonest, fraudulent, extravagant a uh, pension is, the taxpayers are on the hook for it. They have to pay it. But for those of us who didn't do that, we've got to plan our own retirement. And I uh, like this survey they did in USA Today that's kind of interesting. It's a YouGov poll. Um, Gen X is the least likely to see end in sight. Do you think you'll ever be able to retire comfortably? And that's the question, generation by generation. Do you think you'll ever be able to retire comfortably? Boomers, it's 23%. Well, if you're a boomer, you're either retired or getting close to retirement. So only a quarter of boomers think they're going to retire comfortably, and you're practically there. If you don't think you're going to, you're not, because you would know. Well, according to most definitions of boomers, uh, they're at the youngest, like 57, 58 years old right right now. And you should have a pretty good idea of how your what your retirement's going to look like by then, or you're older. And only twenty three percent say they're they're going to be able to retire comfortably. So that's mm. kind of interesting on its own. Gen X, okay, boomer. Gen X has got the highest number of uh, feeling like they're going to retire comfortably, thirty seven percent. Then it goes down to twenty seven percent millennials. Gen Z, who probably still live with their parents. How old's Gen Z? I don't even know off the top of my head. I don't know. Can somebody look that up? Are they still high school kids? No, no Alex. No. How old's I think- Gen Z? I think uh, ninety five. Anybody born in ninety five and younger? Oh yeah. So Delaney was born in ninety nine. She's obviously twenty two. She's Gen Z. Okay, but only sixteen percent of them think they'll be able to retire comfortably. 
If you'd ask me when I was 22, I'd have probably said, yeah, I'll be able to retire comfortably. Well, I could I could reach out to my daughter, but I'm certain she would say yes. She plans to build a career, you know, marry smart and uh, and save money. Um, huh, but that's a pretty pessimistic attitude from Generation Z. I don't know what retire comfortably means to everyone. It depends on whether I'm a TikTok star or not. For me, it pretty much just means I got a roof over my head and I'm not starving. Anything above that is gravy. I guess I don't know. I don't have very high expectations. All I ask is, you know, a, a roof over my head, a, a, something to eat, a membership at Augusta National, a yacht, probably a private jet. I don't know. Motorhome with a satellite dish. There you it. go. That's all I need. That's Closet need. full of fur coats for various seasons. Some days you're tired of mink. You want to go with fox. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't need much. Um, that makes it easier. If you don't need much, you don't need much. Uh, you don't need much money to provide little. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Economics with Jack. <laughs> if you don't intend to buy a lot, you're going to need less money than if you intend to buy a lot. I don't know. I'm going to go for walks and read. How much does that cost? <laughs> I need a libra- no, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I need a library card and a street to walk on. That's pretty much what I'm going to do, I think, when I'm retired someday. Where do you see yourself living, though? You say a street to walk on. You picture in, like, the suburbs, that sort of thing, or... I don't Out in know. the country? Probably rural, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think about it much. Should I think about it more? I don't know. I don't really care. I honestly don't. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay, you're a man of simple needs. Old Simple Jack. Like, seriously, if I, if I were in an apartment or in a rural setting, wherever, like I said, if I can read and get enough exercise that, uh, you know, I don't get a heart, I have a heart attack, that's pretty much all I need. Oh, you could put up with me in an apartment? I got no other retired. Oh, no. Yeah, no. I think so. No. I don't care. No. I just don't care. Too many humans. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be around less humans, but if I, if I, if I had to, that would be fine. Being in an apartment where it's all old people, they're quiet. <laughs> they're all quiet. They go to bed early. This is very revealing. <laughs> I just oh, don't care. You. That's great. I just don't, I just, I just, yeah. I, I don't have many needs. Yeah. I don't have any kind of car I need. I don't, I don't need to go anywhere. As I've said before, I don't need to travel anywhere ever again in my life. I feel like I've seen everything I need to see. Oh, you have no idea. Have you ever been to Fiji during the fish festival? <laughs> oh, you've got to do it. No, oh, but, the native dress, so beautiful. Well, I, I for, for traveling, as I've said before, I think there are certain things you should you should witness. But once you've seen a really old church or a big festival or a really <laughs> cool lake or a great sunset over the ocean, or a mountain. Once you've seen all the different categories, they're all more or less the same. Yeah, Unless you want to brag so. about various places you've been. I, I think the one thing I would like to do more of uh, and, and more traveling for is looking at the way various cultures operate and their governments uh, and their societies. What are, the, what are their mores? What are yeah. their laws? What are their beliefs and why? I would like to go to China. I would like to go to China. China, but I want to see real China. Like I don't want to just see, uh, you know, some made-for-tourist area. I want to see China, China. Hmm. So I don't know you want to like go to the Uyghur concentration camps? And I don't know about that. Huh? What if they mistake me for a Uyghur? I doubt that's going to happen. Well, I don't know what wow. the Uyghurs look like. I too would like to go to China, though. How could you not? You know what I'd get? Sweet and sour pork every meal. Oh, boy. <laughs> You you probably would end up in a prison, and I would not bail you out. I tell you what, let me know as soon as he orders, I don't know, Kung Pao chicken. Then I'll send you the money, but not until then.
Oh, boy. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The American people are looking at this uh, with their mouths open. And they're going, my God, these people do not trust me to make decisions for myself. It is going to extend the federal government into every corner of every American's life. You can wear a coonskin cap, but that ain't going to put dinner on the table at 6 o'clock. I appreciated him being slightly less homespun and clever than usual. That's Senator John Kennedy from uh, Louisiana. He's from Louisiana, isn't he? Uh, Correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, so we are keeping an eye on the wranglings over the Change America into France bill. I think he makes a very good point, though. It's it's an enormous step. In fact, step doesn't even do it justice. It's It's a huge leap toward a collectivist. The individual is no longer sovereign society which is uh, chilling to a lot of us and not being discussed it's not like we've all debated this and decided that's what we want to do it's a good point and there was certainly no mandate in the election please there was the the, the slimmest of victories in fact you could easily interpret it as a message from the electorate in effect to all right govern very moderately 48,000 votes go the other way and trump is president and you're going to change the entire structure of the united states because of that seems crazy yeah, yeah. So I was reading a little bit more about the uh, the Catholic Church uh, in France scandal, the latest country to come up with their full report um, that uh, they they believe from two hundred thousand at the bare minimum to probably three hundred fifty thousand children were sexually abused, raped, molested by either French Catholic clerics or uh, lay people, lay leaders within the church in the past 70 years. Mm. And I realize this is kind of, I don't know, it's not very sophisticated analysis, but I said, okay, 70 years, that's a long time, and I just did the simple mathematics. Folks, appreciate this. There were almost 4,300 new victims every single year. Now, France is a fairly large country, but the Catholic Church itself, every year, found 4,300 new children to molest. Mostly little boys, by the way. I mean, you'd think they'd have an off year, too, where they only molested 500 new victims. 500. But no, the number is seven times. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's more than that. 4,300 new victims every single year in France alone. And it could be a lot bigger number than that of people that haven't uh, come forward or died in the meantime or killed themselves. Um, could be a lot bigger number than that. Right, and actually the, the good folks, and I mean that, who are grappling with this and putting out the report say that's our main challenge. We can't, we don't know whether 5% of the victims have come forward or 10 or 15. We're trying as hard as we can to come up with a, a reliable number. Nobody's trying to minimize this. Oh my this. God. So they're, they're thinking it could be that smaller percentage? Well, yeah, um, yeah. How many victims came forward? That's the big question for us. Is it twenty five percent, ten percent, five percent, or less? Boy, so nobody's saying it could be seventy percent or eighty percent, which obviously 
then the number would be horrif- even more horrific. But so they're thinking it's way low. Right, wow. right. Well, God, they've, heard, they've heard testimony from more than 6,000 contemporaneous, well, contemporary victims who are still around and, and willing to talk about it and aware of this inquiry. How are they not in violation of some sort of organized crime ring rape factory statutes? It is in a very real way racketeering, right? Now that's that's the United States statute, the RICO statutes. Um, because it's not in theory for profit, is that why it's uh, avoided that? I, I don't know. That's that's way beyond my uh, you know store but of knowledge, just, especially internationally. But it's just it's a it's a uh, it's a system that if you didn't know it was doing other stuff, you'd think was designed primarily. To provide children to priests to rape. Right, right. Another interesting aspect of this is there are a lot of activist priests who are saying we have got to undo the Catholic Church's teachings on uh, sexuality and, and, and marriage for priests and that sort of thing because it's, it's they, part of it. They think that's the root of it, huh? Well, I wouldn't say that exactly. But the priesthood has unquestionably been a magnet for pedophiles now for centuries. Of course, you didn't have the, those qualifications for uh, Boy Scouts or for uh, U.S. gymnastics, swimming, and volleyball, and you had plenty of it going on there. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, and uh, one we should consider more fully at another uh, you know, juncture, but we're out of time. Yeah. If you miss an hour of the show, you can get it via podcast. If you've never tried that, it's pretty easy. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.